things planted in you. Some things are placed in your mind and in your heart. They embedded in you. They are placed in you. They've been there for a long time. Let me prove it to you. Finish this off for me. I can't see the wood for the... Thank you, Kathy. Can't see the wood for the trees. Who placed that idea in you? A stitch in time saves... Who told you that? What about to be or not to be? This is not a quiz, brother, by the way. Okay, you don't, you're not going to get any prizes for that. But who planted that thought in your mind? Hey, here's a Nigerian proverb. If two people own one goat, a goat owned by two people sleeps outside. Who's heard of that? Is that a true Nigerian proverb? Okay. Who planted that in you? There are things that are part of you that have been planted. You already have some embedded things in your mind and in your heart that are there. The Bible says that we can have things planted in us that are, can affect the way that we see things. Today, we're going to talk about the things planted in you, the things that we can plant in others, and the things we can do as a church to plant. But if some things that are planted in you are going to make you affect the way that you see things. You know, one of the scariest parables that I know is that parable called the wheat and the tares or the wheat and the weeds. And in the, in the parable, the person goes to sleep and in the middle of the night, somebody comes and sows a different plant in that field. And when they wake up, other things are growing in the field. In fact, the scary thing is that it says, an enemy has done this. There are some things that can be sown into our hearts and planted into our hearts that can distract us and move us to a different place. You see, this is the concept of planting. It's that small but important things can be placed in you and that that small thing can grow. And that can change and affect the direction of your life. And this can be both, both negative and positive. It can be something that, that affects you in a good way when some good things are planted in you. But also it can affect you in a poor way when we have negative plans placed in our hearts you know God's dream for you is that you have things placed in you that you grow stronger and that you grow to a place where you get to a really fruitful place in your life that's God's dream and that's what he's trying to plant in your heart he's trying to put things in your mind and in your heart so that you become fruitful in fact Jesus said it this way, you didn't choose me, I chose you. But I chose you and appointed you so that you may bear fruit. 
You know, all this praying, all this singing, all this, the things that we do, the worship that we do, the service that we do, God is trying to put some things in you so that you produce something fruitful so that you can be a blessing to both yourself and others. Jesus said, I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, will be given to you. He wants to plant things in you so that your spiritual effectiveness becomes razor sharp so you can make a difference to others. You know, God's dream for you is like Psalm uh, chapter 1, verse 3, where he says we're like trees planted by streams of water where our leaf does not wither and we bear fruit in due season. Now please, there's lots and lots of preaching uh, about this type of thing. But here today we need to understand what the process of planting is so that that big dream of God can come out. Because you know what the psalm says? Whatever they do will prosper when they're planted right. Now, for some of us right now, we, some of you who are a little bit more British and a little bit more reflective are going, surely that could never be true. That's just poetry to encourage us. But despite having different seasons in our life, I think God wants to plant things in you so that you can produce fruit and that your life moves to a place of real effectiveness. Is anybody going to say amen at all? Because I want to raise your faith today to begin to be able to say, God, plant something in me. I don't know whether any of you have seen the C.S. Lewis films, but Prince Caspian uh, film has a theme tune and it's called The Call. It's by an artist called Regina Spector. And, and the first verse says it starts out as a feeling and then grows into a hope, then becomes a quiet thought and then becomes a word which turns into a battle cry. You see... This is the Bible pattern. Now, this is the teaching if you're taking notes. The Bible pattern is this. Small becomes big. Small becomes big. Every thought, every seed, every aspiration, every dream that you allow to be, take root into your heart will grow somewhere, will take you somewhere. Small things that are in you now, both good and bad, small irritations that you're not dealing with, that you say, oh, it doesn't matter, I'm just going to ignore it, I'm going to ignore it, but it keeps coming back, eventually will grow. And it will take you somewhere. That dream, that dream that God has placed in your heart, that dream of, of your ministry, of your life, it may be small right now. Are you dismissing it? Are you saying, oh, that'll never happen? It's the same as with church. It's the same that with, with us as a group. The brave things that, that we want to do across the city, it may start small. We want to do something that's the same as here, the same DNA, the same culture, the same look, the same style. But it's going to be smaller at first. But it'll be the same. But that... Small grows. It's the same with your life. You know, the first time I walked into church, Kathy was playing the piano. 
And uh, I don't want to blow your secret piano playing here, Kath. Well, I've just done it. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> she's the piano player. And you know, that small little, oh, she's nice. Look what happened now. 40 years later, two girls, three grandchildren. Small has a direction in your life. I wonder what small things you're not cultivating or you're just ignoring. The dynamics of planting, uh, of healthy planting, it needs to come to our lives because we need the encouragement today. If you think that you've heard lots of sermons like this and you've been waiting a long time, I just want to say don't give up. In fact, on the authority of the Word of God, I want to say don't give up. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, For he who began a good work in you will complete it even unto the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not giving up on you, so don't you give up on him. I just want to look that if we will plant and allow God to plant some things in our lives, don't give up on those small dreams that God's trying to birth in you. Because you never know how he's going to take it. There's a Chinese proverb that says, when's the best time to uh, plant a tree? The best time is 20 years ago. And the second best time is now. Some of you have had some dreams for a long time and you're thinking, God, I'm running out of time. Today, right now, is the time to replant and reignite some of the things that God has said to you. I'm going to teach you a little bit of how to let some things go that have just become a stronghold. But I wonder if you, as we're sitting here, let's not just do a sermon today. Let's not just do a message. Come on, engage with me. Engage your heart and begin to say, God, do you want to plant something in my heart? Is there something today that is new that you want to seed into my heart? Is there something that I have been ignoring? The dynamics of planting are firstly this. Number one, God gives the increase. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And if you look there, 1 Corinthians 3 verses 6 through 8 says this. I planted the seed and Apollos watered the seed, but God made it grow. God gave the increase. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to their own labor. This is the principle. We have to have the basic faith to see that God will bring his purposes out. It's hard sometimes when you think, could that be God? Is, is that God? Could God do that? God wants you to begin to believe and say, let's water that. Let's invest in that. In fact, I want you to see something. It's really important. However, even though that God makes it grow, it doesn't mean that you don't have to do any work. Remember, it was Paul who planted, not God. Paul had to dig it. He had to invest in it. He planted it. It was Apollos who watered it. It was Apollos who consistently cared for something so that it would nurture. That was your work. That was their work. And then it's God who makes things grow. 
So we don't have to be the sort of people that say, oh, God's going to do it. In fact, this is a real key. There are lots of Christians who sit back and quote that verse and say, ah, but God makes things grow. But you haven't planted something. You haven't watered something. You've not cared for something consistently. You've not invested in it. You've not checked on it. You've not brought it back for examination. You've said to yourself, well, it's up to God for things to grow. As if you're acting in faith. But you're not. God makes things grow. But you have to partner with him. In fact, God calls us co-laborers, co-builders, co-partners with him. So what is it? Can you dig down to that faith in your heart, that small seed of faith where you say, okay, God, I'm trusting you with this. You see, if you don't, it's like in Ecclesiastes says, whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Can I be pastor to you right now and say that if you have a dream and you are spending time waiting on other people to make it happen, It's a real dangerous sign that you're waiting on this circumstance and if that happened and if this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened and if this angel showed up and did this, then my dream would come true. And I'm just sitting back and waiting. Can I say to you, really kindly, that that isn't a dream that God's going to bless. You've got to partner with God. You've got to dig in with God. And even though he makes it grow, you have to partner with him for it to come alive. Amen, church. God makes it grow, but you partner with him in working it. Second principle of the dynamics of of planting. Sowing and reaping always happens. Always. Do not be deceived, the Bible says. God cannot be mocked. You see, this is something that you may say, yeah, I don't know whether I'll have... God's going to put his reputation on the line and say, I'm not going to be mocked about this. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh they will reap that destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit they will reap eternal life. Where, when and where you are allowing things to be planted in you will have an effect. What you're investing in you will take you in a direction. And it will come to pass. Because God won't be mocked about this. If you keep doing what you're doing, if you keep investing and thinking the thoughts that you're thinking, If you keep believing the philosophy that you've bought into, where will it take you? You will reap what you have invested in and what you're sowing into. So if you are somebody who is continually grumbling, you will reap emotional disconnect from other people. If you are somebody who continually encourages, you will find that you will reap a harvest of relationships. If you continue doing what you're doing now, where will it take you? That's a really important section of this message. If you allow that to be planted and rooted, or that person, or that direction, where are you going? 
Because reaping, sowing and reaping always happen. I wonder today whether God can stir our hearts and that even with some little things we can say, no, I'm not doing it. Or that God can stir our hearts and say, you know what, I'm going to believe again for that dream. As we look at the dynamics of, of planting, I looked into the Old Testament and Israel had two laws about how to plant a vineyard and how to plant uh, fruit. And uh, you'll find the first one in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 9. It says this, Do not plant two kinds of seed in your vineyard. If you do, not only the crops you plant, but also the fruit of the vineyard will be defiled. <coughs> Excuse me, the first an important Old Testament principle about planting is this. We have to have clarity of voice in our lives. We have to have a healthy, singular culture where we can focus on a goal. You see, and this is really countercultural to where we're at. We love choices. We love to be able to say, I want to keep my options open. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the other. But listen, let me use an illustration of marriage. And it, and it does apply to our culture. And some cultures it doesn't apply to. But how many of you would be, culture, would be comfortable with lots of wives? There's not one person in the room that says, oh no, it's okay to have two or three wives. And why is it okay to have three, four, five, six options in your spiritual life. Now, don't get me wrong. We need to listen to other voices. We need to uh, receive other teaching from lots of varied things. And it doesn't mean that we can't uh, listen and be uh, blessed by other people. It's not to say that we don't learn from other things. But a plant and something that's planted in your life takes consistency in your life. And so what the Bible's teaching here is that you need to focus and you need not, not to have all your options open all the time. That's why we say in our church, look, come and make this your home. Don't flip from one church to the other church to the other church. There are hundreds of churches in Birmingham. You could visit loads of them. Don't ride two horses at once. You'll fall off both of them. Find a spiritual home. Dig in. And that's where God will bless you. Can I hear a better amen than that, church? Yeah. You see, you can't plant two seeds and, and get the same vineyard. Now, when pastors preach like this, it sounds like they're being a bit insecure. That's not the case. It's wisdom. Children need one home. Yeah. Drivers need to stay on the left-hand side in this country. <laughs> See, we don't like this teaching. We, what we want to do is say, I want lots of options. Please hear me. That doesn't mean to say you don't listen to some other voices, but you need a singular voice. And if you make this your spiritual home, then it's this house that becomes the consistent voice in your life. Doesn't mean to say you can't watch God channel now and again. But you need a consistent voice in your life. 
And then God will plant things and take things further and deliver things to you. Second principle from uh, the Old Testament way of planting a vineyard. Go to Leviticus chapter 19 and we'll look at verses 23 and 25. Basically, this principle is give things time. Although, I want to kind of break it open a bit. Let's read it. Leviticus chapter 19, verses 23 and 25. It says this. When you enter the land and you plant any kind of fruit tree, regard its fruit as forbidden for the first three years. You are to consider it forbidden. It must not be eaten. In the fourth year, all the fruit is holy as an offering to the Lord. But on the fifth year... You may eat of the fruit, and in this way, in this way of waiting and not allowing yourself to jump too quickly and to eat the fruit too quickly, in this way, your harvest will be increased. I am the Lord your God. When things are planted, you need to give it time. Some of us will will come for prayer in a few minutes at the front and we'll have a dream, we'll have a seed dream. Some of you will say, I really want to be a missionary to to the nations. And don't get on the plane on Monday. You need to let that ferment a bit. You need to be trained. You need to let that grow a little bit. You need to give that a little bit of time so that that can grow. You see, you need to let some promises have structure and some things to invest in you. Some of us are too impatient. We, we, we say that, you know, oh, I've been to university. Can I be the CEO tomorrow? It's going to take a little bit of time for your dream to come true. And that's one of the principles of planting. As you do this, you'll actually increase your harvest. As you begin to be strong in your dream and the things that God has placed in you, He's going to strengthen you so that you can carry more load, so that you can produce more fruit. Look at verse 24. Make sure that there is a, in your dream, that there is a part of the things that are being planted in you that are dedicated to God. In verse 24 it says, you planted in the first year, don't eat it. You planted in the second year, don't eat it. You planted in the third year, don't eat it. In the fourth year, give everything to God. You don't eat it. It's all God's. You see, some of us have got dreams. And they're great dreams, but there's no room for God. There's no dedicated space for God. There's nothing of a margin there that you give into God. And you see, it's really important that it's true of our time, it's true of our lives, it's true of our money, it's true of our affection. In all our endeavours, we need to leave a margin so that we have something left over that's just for God. And we give it just for God. Some of us want to be really successful. And I hear your dream and I hear, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And God's standing over here going, where's my bit? Where's my part of your dream? You're asking me to bless your dream. Where's my part? Some of us are are using our money. We're we're, we're doing this. We're doing this. We're being diligent. We've got it all parceled out. And God's standing over and saying, where's mine? Always, always there's a principle. When God plants something in your heart, He says, I want something that is mine. 
with all our affections and, and we want our dream man or we want our dream girl and we look and we, we list out our dream girl and is number one on the list they are a godly person who's on fire for Jesus because God's looking over and saying where's my part to your affections where's my bit you see it's great to have dreams and, and I want to be that sort of pastor that says yeah come on let's dream let's grow it but let's do it so that something of it is dedicated wholly to God amen and that goes for your business that goes for your life that goes for your affections that goes for your mind that goes for your money that goes for everything that needs to be God's space in our lives and in this way We'll get to the place where we're not planting for no reason. Eventually, when we plant things, when God puts things in your life, they're there for a reason. You see, there is another type of teaching in the Christian world where they talk about planting and they talk about patience and it's all about sowing and sowing and there's never any reaping. In fact, they look sideways at people who say, ah, oh, we should be walking in the good of some things. If you plant something, you should reap something. Eventually, it will take time, but you cannot just be saying, I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on God, and God's over here saying, I'm waiting on you, I'm waiting on you, I'm waiting on you. Walk in something. We have to be that there is a time for preparation, and then there is a time for action. So I just want to kind of wrap up today by saying this. Everyone will have different seasons in their life. This is what God said to Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 10, it says, See today I have appointed you over the nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and overthrow. What a great ministry. To build and to plant. Everyone will have different seasons, but everyone will have a planting season. Because God wants you to plant something and have something planted in you. There are different times in all of our lives, but plant is a time when you see a future that is not yet here, but we have to start investing it now. It's not yet here, but we have to start investing in it now. Some of us want a better prayer life. Why don't you invest in it now? It's time to invest in your prayer life. Some of us want a better witnessing life. It's time now to train more and to begin to invest in it. Everyone will have a planting season. In fact, it goes round. You don't plant once. You actually plant often in your life and God begins to put new things. You see, I wonder if you have the faith to allow God to plant something new in you. I wonder if we have the faith to allow God to help us to plant something in our city. And to begin to say, let's begin to bless our city out from this central campus. You see, you can't see much difference now because it's so small. But let God begin something in you. Maybe today... Maybe you could have the bravery and we'll pray over it with you that you could say, you know what, I want something new from God and I'm going to get prayer about that. I'm going to allow the Spirit to water it. Why don't you be brave today? If you've never been out for prayer, maybe this is your day. And I'm just trying to solicit a response. What I'm trying to say is, can you be open for God to plant something new in you? You say, I get it. I get it that... That our life is, 
is kind of the same and it's consistent and we've, we've built ourselves up and some of us as older Christians, we know what we're doing. But could we be that type of Christian where we say, God, have you got a new seed that you want to drop in my heart that if I water it with you, you're going to take me in a different direction? You see, the enemy wants to knock you out even though you've been a Christian for years and years and years, what if he knocked you out right at the end? I don't want to preach any fear or anything. Don't you think that God wants to plant some things? Or is that it now? So I wonder if we could just open our hearts and begin to say, God, can you plant something new in me? And then a new future will come. Here are some things that are really important. The seed you sow produces the crop that you harvest. If you're continually grumbling, you're going to reap a crop from that. If you're continually not believing, you're going to reap a crop from that. But if the seed you sow is something of faith, something of God, then God is going to bring you a harvest. In fact, we need to be planting regularly. We love the consistency of our lives, but I want to call you to a new season of saying this, God, is there something that you want to plant in my life? Come on, stand with me just for a moment. I'm going to ask the uh, worship team just to come. I just want to wrap up by saying a few things. So hold your focus while you come to your feet. See, it has to be said. Jesus said it, actually. That only the things planted in God will last and make it. I want to say to you, he said, he said this, he said, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. I, I want to just attack, I want to just kind of come against the stronghold in some people's minds. You've had something on your mind. I, I, I used, to, there used to be a, a beautiful chap in this church, gone on to be with the Lord now. And, and, and 40 years ago, he had a prophecy and he was in a prayer line and and people laid hands on him and they, and they said he had a healing ministry. And he never did anything with it. Or he did pray for a few people. But 40 years, he came to me and said, this hasn't come to pass because he'd held on to that. If something isn't showing fruit, you need to let it go. Oh, you need to redig it, rewater it, relearn it, restructure it. But don't let old prophecies or old things sit in your mind and you think, well, that will happen someday. If you're not partnering with it, it's not going to do it. Hello? And what I'm trying to do now is, is kind of teach into your heart something that will really protect you for the future. So if things aren't working... Go back to God and ask Him again. Don't just assume that that's God's current program. Because I think that prophecies have a shelf life. And so do seeds that are dropped in your heart. And some of you got some old dreams that maybe God will reinvigorate. Or maybe He'll give you something new. But what I do know is, God is a planter. And He wants to plant into your heart today. It wants to put things into your life that will begin to take you on a direction. God is a waterer as well. 
And it will water that with you so that it grows. It's time to kick your dream into gear. Come on, what is it? You know, all of us in, in ministry, we get to a level. And all the time God is saying, you know, I can take you further. I can take you further. But some of us, we just get comfortable. And we say, well, this is enough, Lord. But God's saying, I, my yoke is easy. My burden's light. I can take you further. Is it time that you kick your dream into gear? Come on, speak to somebody and say, kick your dream into gear. Come on, tell them that. Come on, it's time. You know, can I say this? And, and this will go online. Basically, I'm saying, I'm going to kick your butt into gear to get that thing going. But you need to kick that dream into gear. Second thing that's really important. It's time to think whether God wants you to be a missionary from our church to plant. Same style, same service, different location. Might be a little bit smaller at first, but I wonder if God, that would be exciting for you. That you could be a plant missionary and say, man, we could take the good things that are happening here, we could take it all across the city and really revitalize some communities. We're not going to plant in, in weird places, we're going to plant in needy places. I wonder if God could plant that in your heart. Me and Kathy were talking about this. Hey, just do it again. I just feel in the spirit. Turn to somebody and say, kick your dream into gear. Kick your dream into gear. <laughs> it's time. I really feel it that God's... I, I think that's a word from God from somebody. I know I've written it down, but it's just jumping off the page. Do you want to hear what Kathy said yesterday? We were talking about this message. This is Kathy's part. She said, Mark, you know, I just want to sum up your whole sermon. If you don't plant, you can't reap. If you don't plant, you can't reap. If you don't allow God to plant something in your heart, you're not going to reap anything. In fact, why don't you tell your neighbor that? Turn to somebody and say, if you don't plant, you're not going to reap. And I know, I know, we're not going to get back into the habit of doing this all the time. But I just feel you need to speak that into your life and into your neighbor's life. If you don't plant, you're not going to reap. Come on, do it again. Do it to somebody else. You've got to invest in your marriage. You've got to invest in your kids. You've got to plant something in their hearts. You've got to put something in their mind. You've got to put something in your heart. You've got to start believing God. You've got to start saying, God, why not me? Why not us? Why not? God, we want to plant something. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. Some of you, I'm going to get to prophesying rather than preaching around. Some of you have been wanting to change your job for years. You've had a plant in your mind and you've had a seed in your mind. I'm not supposed to be in this job. When are you going to leave your job and do a different job? Because God's already told you what you should do. 
Oh, that's the scary bit. Now don't go in tomorrow and say, here's my resignation. Maybe that's what some of you need to do. But you need a plan to bring that seed about. See, it takes time. So don't go into work tomorrow and say, here's my resignation, boss, I'm out of here. And you've got nothing there. But what you need to do is to recognize that seed in your heart and begin to call it out and say, it's real, it's there. God, I can't deny it. I need to start kicking it into gear. Turn to somebody and say, kick that dream into gear. If you don't plant, you can't reap. Write it down. Kathy says it. Everyone will be involved in planting. And only the brave will be involved in harvesting. Everyone. God's going to try and plant some things in your heart. And if your heart's stony ground... It'll fall off and he's going to try and do it again. He's going, to, he's going to have intercessors praying for you. There'll be people praying for you. But it's time that you say to yourself, God, would you plant something in me? But it's only the brave and the diligent who get to harvest. Then so what about you? Let's do the first step. Just hold your hands out with me. Every single one of us. Say, God, plant something in me. Plant something new in me, Lord. Plant something in me, Lord. If you don't plant, you won't reap. You know, some of you, you'll be, you'll be, you kind of, things have gone a bit dead in your Christian life and you've got an old dream and you've, you've not watered it, you've not prayed over it again. God's trying to replant it and make it alive again. Come on, give it to him now and say, God, replant it. Holy Spirit, plant some things in the hearts of these people today. In a few moments, if God's given you a dream, we're gonna, we're gonna, we want to pray over your dream and over your life. And our prayer team and our elders, we want to pray with you. In fact, you may have need prayer for something completely different. Just come. We're going to all sing together. And then I'm going to ask you to respond by saying, hey, I want to come. I want to come and make that start. You see, some of you will say, well, what's the point of just walking to the front? That's the seed that starts the dream. Because little obediences make large directions in your life. Amen. Come on, let's sing. Let's pray together in song.